today we are looking at and beginning a look at struggle, and just that, struggle. Mostly a struggle with sin, with world powers, with uh, life. But today we are in 1 Corinthians 10.13 looking at the struggle with temptation. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10.13, let's go ahead and, and look at it and we'll go over it a few times and we'll take out some words to see if we can't start applying this to ourselves. And I will tell you, this week I, I've been learning this verse and when we did it earlier at the beginning of the service, it felt like a lot to me because I had to wait for that next slide and wow, that's a lot of words. As you memorize it, you'll get to the point, almost every scripture verse we've learned, I've always gotten to the point where I think, I must be leaving something out. This used to be longer and it's not. I'm not leaving anything out. It just gets easier as you apply it to your memory. So this verse is something we can all do. So let's go ahead and say this together, shall we, as we begin this series on struggle, and specifically today, the struggle of temptation. What does 1 Corinthians 10.13 tell us about temptation? 1 Corinthians 10.13, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. All right, we'll take away some of those. We'll replace them with some lines to let you know what that's where they were. Let's say this together again, shall we? 1 Corinthians 10.13 No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. All right. Let's take away a few more of those words. You ready? We can do this. I know you can do this. I did it. You can do it. Trust me, because I'm not that smart. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Amen. Good job. See, you're already getting it. You're already getting it. You'll be fine. You'll get it by the end of this week. You are able. You are able, so that you will be able and no temptation is overtaking you beyond what you are able. I think this verse, first off, let's, let's watch out for some, some dangers with what we're doing today. The first thing we're doing is we are going into a chapter that is actually part of three chapters that Paul is discussing a certain topic. Uh, predominantly, the freedom and the uh, obligation of how do we behave eating meat sacrificed to idols. I know that's not something we all uh, really face too often in our culture, although I'm sure if you traveled, if you were in some other nations, you might have this problem somewhere. But within chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, of talking about 
what do we do when we have a freedom to act and yet somebody else might be uh, tempted by it, somebody else might be brought down by it? Within this passage, right after Paul has talked about the Israelites and how they uh, tempted God and they were tempted to sin and they sinned against God and they upset God and how he responded, right in the middle of that, we hit this verse. And so we've got to be careful that we don't just come in like a helicopter and you know, pick up this verse and run off with it without recognizing that it's part of a larger whole. And the reason for that is because you can read this verse, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man, God is faithful, will not give you, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. And to say, well, see, you have the capability to avoid every temptation in your life. There is no reason why you should ever sin because you have never been tempted beyond something that you couldn't say no to. And if we do that for the next 30 minutes, we'll all walk out of here feeling beat up by Mike Tyson. It won't be fun. And that's not the desire here. We want to take it within the context of this discussion in 1 Corinthians about uh, the freedom that we have to act and that we can eat things and, and it's not necessarily a sin and yet it's not necessarily a good thing. And right before verse 13, actually, uh, Paul says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. And then he moves into, no temptation is overtaking you. What we want to focus on more than the idea of, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to be able to resist everything in my life. And to beat ourselves up for the fact that we don't. Maybe let's understand what this is telling us about God instead, and about the larger situation. Because what Paul is telling them is, this, this, this question that you've asked me about the, the eating of meat sacrificed to idols, this isn't anything new. And for us, it's definitely not something. It's, it's old. It's so old, it's out of date. It's antiquated. We don't worry about it. We don't talk about it anymore. But we have the opportunity in our lives to feel like, we are being tempted by something new. We have new technology. We have new ideas in our culture. We have new um, tastes that are always being put out there. We were driving home yesterday and Amy read to me, she said, did you know that uh, ranch dressing wasn't invented until 19, was it 54? Like 1954? That means that some of you out here today did not eat ranch dressing when you were kids. And I wonder, just obviously you didn't know what you were missing out on. You didn't have chicken nuggets either, so you didn't have to worry about eating chicken nuggets without ranch dressing. But, I mean, the things that the older generation has sacrificed by not having, right? There are things that we think, oh, we've just recently invented them. No, no, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. No temptation that you are experiencing is a new thing. No temptation that you are experiencing is unique. I hate to tell you, but you're not that unique. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And that idea is, is that it is of man, 
or of mankind. No temptation has overtaken you that isn't common among human beings, that people of all uh, stripes experience. The temptations we face are the same temptations they were facing in Jesus' day. They might have new applications, but it's the same temptation. And Paul wants us to know we are not special in this way. We are not unique. There is not some temptation where we're sitting there and we're experiencing it and nobody else has ever wrestled with that. Now, it it might feel crushing to us. And there are. There are temptations that feel so crushing that you just feel like the only way you will get release from that temptation is if you give in to it. That if you fight it today, you'll just be fighting it the rest of the day, and you'll be fighting it tomorrow. But if I give in today, I get the rest of my day to myself because I've appeased that dragon. It might be crushing to us, but it is not unique to us. Other people have been crushed by the same temptations. Other people have faced them, wrestled with them. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and this is the thing that I think is, is most important about this idea that no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man, is that if it is a, a temptation that is common to humanity, God is not surprised that you're tempted. God is not surprised by the temptation. God is not uh, surprised that you could be tempted that way. And he's not surprised that you are tempted. No temptation has overtaken us, but is common to man. And and the other half of that is, is it's not common to God. It's not from God. It's not of God. Temptation that we experience comes from us. It's of man, but it is common of man. It is common to man. And God is not surprised that you are tempted. In fact, notice it says, it says no temptation has overtaken you. No temptation has laid hold of you, has seized you. It's not just that no temptation has presented itself to you. No. No temptation has put its claws into you and held on tight to you, but such as is common to man. And God is not surprised by the fact that temptation overtakes us, that temptation sinks its claws into us, that temptation seems to crush us. A temptation in, in, in Scripture, and, and it's one of those words that we have to understand based on uh, interpretation and the context that it's in. It, it means to be tested. Temptation means to be put into a trial or affliction. Temptation can have a positive connotation or it can be negative. It is mostly seen as negative because it is an affliction that causes us to sin or leads us into sin. But it can be good. For instance, Jesus was tempted and yet did not sin. He proved himself through the trial. Of temptation. And in the book of James, we are told that when we experience various trials, we should consider it all joy. That, that the, the perseverance that we experience, the testing of our faith, well, the testing of our faith, faith produces the perseverance, but that the perseverance that we experience by going through those things helps us to grow. 
So temptation isn't all 100% bad in and of itself. And God is not uh, so disturbed by the fact that we are tempted that he, he is surprised or that he has a problem with it. I will not be able to think. <laughs> Sorry about that. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful. And here we have a, a contrast between man and God. Temptation has come to us. Temptation is not of God. In fact, James tells us when, when one is tempted, let no one say, I am being tempted of God. That instead, uh, God cannot be tempted and he cannot tempt people. But temptation comes from our own lust, our own desires. It, it swells up within us, tempting us to sin. And then when it has uh, given full birth to that idea, we sin. And it comes from us. Each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. James tells us in chapter 1. On, in the contrast, God is faithful. And God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. And again, here we can take that and say, see, you've got the capability, you've got everything you need. God won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. If you're being tempted to do something, ergo, you're able to resist that temptation. But let's look and see, what does this really say? God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. What does it mean that God will not allow? You know, God does not allow a lot of things. And, and for instance, Jesus, when he was healing demons, people from demons and casting out the demons, the demons would proclaim, you are the Christ, and he would not allow the demons to speak. And so the demons would go away mute. When Jesus was being arrested in the garden, one of his disciples took out a sword and chopped off the ear of one of the servants of the high priest, and Jesus did not allow him to continue. He stopped him, and then he healed the ear. Paul, when he was on his missionary journey and he wanted to go into a town called Bithynia, the Holy Spirit did not allow Paul to go into Bithynia. And guess what? Paul couldn't go into Bithynia. When God does not allow something, that thing does not happen. So when we say, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, that means that you will not be tempted beyond what you are able. But here's the, here's the kicker. What does that mean on the other half of that? See, the Holy Spirit kept Paul from going into Bithynia, but Paul went to a lot of other places. Jesus did not allow the demons to speak. But there was a time he permitted some demons to go into a, a herd of swine because they didn't want to go to the abyss. So they, they begged him and they pleaded him and he permitted them to go into a herd of pigs and they ran off of the cliff and drowned themselves. He can allow certain things and, and the things that he has not allowed means that there are other things he has allowed. And so as we say, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, well, that means that God will allow you to be tempted within what you are able. 
that God is going to permit, and that word, that's what allow, to allow something, it can mean to permit it. God permits temptations in our lives. That God will allow temptation to come into our lives. And, and remember, temptation can be a good or a bad thing. It's, it's a testing. God allows us to go through experiences where we're going to be tested, where we're going to be tried, where we may even fail. I think of, especially with failure, I think of Jesus and Peter right before the, uh, the crucifixion where, where Jesus told Peter, uh, Satan has asked for permission to sift you. And, and what Jesus is saying there is, I am allowing him to sift you. But when it's over, when you've come back, strengthen the brethren. Strengthen your brothers, the disciples. But the fact that, that Satan had to request permission, and Jesus didn't say, I've given him permission, but he says, Satan has asked to sift you, and when it is over, the permission is implied right there in the middle. And in the same way, you experience temptations. You experience trials. You experience things that cause you to sin. And God permits it. God allows it. Now, He may uh, keep us from certain things. There might be temptations. You might know people who are tempted in areas that you're not tempted. And you may be tempted in areas that other people are not tempted. He may allow us to be tempted in certain areas and not in others for our own good. But God permits temptation in our lives. He's not surprised by it, and He even allows it to get through. Permits it. Why? It tells us there in verse 13, He will uh, allow you to be tempted. He will not allow you, excuse me, allow, not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation. At the same time, when you're experiencing the temptation, He is there with you, with the temptation. It kind of reminds me of the, uh, it's, I don't think it's a true story, but it's, a, it's one of those, it's, it's, it's a good illustration even if it isn't true. So let's just get it out. I don't believe that there was ever a, uh, an initiation rite among the Cherokee tribe that required this. Probably somebody just made it up at some point. But the old story goes that a young boy, when he became a man, would, his father would take him out into the woods. He would blindfold him. And he would have to leave him there in the woods. And the boy had to spend the entire night in the woods. And he could not take the blindfold off. And he had to experience the terror and get through it, and then he would become a man. And of course, the story is that he works his way through that terrible night, hearing all the animal noises, hearing all the, the danger around him, but never taking the blindfold off. And then finally, he feels the sun on his face, and so he can take the blindfold off. And when he does, he realizes his father was there the entire time, awake and guarding him. Now, I've looked into it, cannot find any anything that says this is a true story. But it's a nice illustration. Because the temptation is there, right? The terror, the, the desire to rip off the blindfold, the, the, the need to protect ourselves, and yet the whole time the Father was there. And in the same way, when we face temptation and we think we're all alone, well, with the temptation, God will provide with the temptation He provides. He's there with us. And, and He tells us that He will provide the way of escape also along with it. 
So, so while the temptation is coming and while he is permitting the temptation into our lives, he is also not just saying, hey, do your best, but no, he's providing the way of escape also. And, and let's make sure we understand what the escape means. It doesn't mean you get out scot-free. It doesn't mean it's easy. I think, I don't know about you, but when I hear escape, I think, you know, I don't have to go through it. I, I can get out of it. I can escape. The word escape means way out. It can also mean outcome. It's a compound word from uh, out and the word to move forward or to march. And so to escape, you know, let's move forward. Let's get out of this, right? If there was a fire and we all needed to get to the exits to escape the fire, we would walk in an orderly manner. We would move forward to get out. But there's a second this so that you will be able to endure it. He will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. I don't know about you, but escape and endure don't seem like the same idea. Escape means I don't have to endure. Right? But no, He has given us the way out, the escape, so that we will be able to endure it. And so the escape is not the idea that we, we release ourselves from the temptation, that we don't feel it or we don't have to succumb to it or we don't struggle with it in any way. No, to endure means to carry something and to be underneath it, to carry the burden, to carry the weight, to endure over time. That's the idea of his escape, that we will endure it. He has given us the way of escape that we might endure it. And, and there's two words. That, well, it's the same word, but it's repeated. In the first part of the verse, uh, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. And then the second part, so that you will be able. I don't think what Paul is telling us here is that you have been tempted in such a way that you can, on your own, endure them and escape them. If you wonder why it is in our lives that we feel tempted and then give in to that temptation, it is because it is come to man. And what else is come to man? Sin. It is our ingrained desire to do our own thing, to go our own way. We've looked at verses over this year about all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, right? When... when when we say that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, that doesn't mean in inherently able. That doesn't mean that you have it all, all the ability. Now, had we been perfect people, had we never sinned, yeah, we would have had the ability to always make the right choice. We would have also had always the lingering ability to make the wrong choice, if we so desired. But sinners within ourselves, let's be honest. There are temptations that we are not able to overcome. There are, not temptation, there are temptations that we are not able uh, to be more than. And notice that, that first part of the verse, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. And it, 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 it stops. Will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able what? To do what? Beyond what you are able, and then it just stops. 
to, to resist? To fight back? What? But then in the second part when he says, so that you will be able to endure it. God is the one who gives us the ability, this, this able, to be able to do something, the power to get through. God is the one who provides it for us. God isn't just sitting there saying, okay, look, I'm only allowing the temptations through that you've already got the capability for. You can do it. Good job. No, no. He allows the temptations. He permits temptation to our lives. And then he gives us the way out, the escape, the way through it so that we might endure it and that we would be able to endure God's answer to our temptations, the struggle that we have that is common to all people that he is not surprised by, God's answer is to make us able to endure. To give us the ability, and even there, ability, ability comes from the word able. He makes us able to endure. Not, not that we have the capability within ourselves, but as we, as we focus our hearts on Him, as we focus our lives on Him, as we believe in Jesus Christ, as we trust in Him, we grow in Him. And as we grow in Him, we have the capability. And we grow in our ability to resist, to endure, to walk away, to get through it. He's not surprised by it. In fact, He uses the temptations in our lives to help us to grow. It's... it's, it's is how anybody gets healthier by struggle. You know, if, 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 if you get up and you can't walk across the room without huffing and puffing, you struggle and you struggle until you can get across the room without huffing and puffing. And then you go across the whole house. And then maybe you go to your, your driveway. And then maybe you go to the street. And then maybe you go down to the corner. And then maybe you go around the block. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. You strengthen your body. You strengthen your lungs. You strengthen your legs until you're able to do more and more and more. And that's the Christian life. We start out with very little capability, very little ability. But the more we walk with God, we find ourselves able to walk across the room in our faith. And then we find ourselves able to walk across the house in our faith and then down the street in our faith. And things that were temptations to us at one that we, we succumb to all the time, you'll get to the point as you walk with Christ where you realize, you know, yeah, that temptation's still there. But I don't want to live it. I don't want to give into it. I don't want to do it. You've grown out of it. God has made you able to endure it. It's still there. It's still going to rear its head from time to time. It might still be a problem. You could go 20 years and all of a sudden, for some reason, that temptation comes roaring back. But you've endured it. And that's God's desire. That's His answer for us is to make us able to endure. Just as we looked at it and said, you know, temptation is common to man and it's not of God. The other half of that on the, on the other verse where it said, and God is faithful, is, is He knows we're not very faithful. He is faithful, we are not but he helps us to grow in that faithfulness. This isn't a verse, although we can use it in this way. Whenever you're tempted, we can say to ourselves, you know, I know that, that this is a, a thing that I'm able to endure. But, but I think one of the tricks is, is we've got to shift our eyes. I don't know about you, but I, 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 read, I read some stories recently. I forget where they were from. 
But it was, it was the old things about a kid in a, in a, in a grocery store, you know, looking at the candy, and the manager sees that kid, and he thinks, that kid's thinking of stealing some candy and walking out. And he goes up to the kid, and he says, kid, you're, you're thinking about stealing some candy, aren't you? And this kid said, no, sir. I'm trying real hard to think about not stealing it. You know? It's the old thing, if I tell you, don't think of an elephant, how many of us just had an elephant pop up in our minds? Right? Temptation, the more we think about it, the more we wrestle with it, the more we focus on it. And so that's not the way out to fight with ourselves, but that God has given us the ability to endure. He wants to make us able to endure. And the way he does that is through Jesus Christ. Through his death on the cross and his resurrection, we have life, we have the ability for the first time in our lives to actually do the right thing, to follow him, to believe in him. And then as we walk with him and as we grow in him and as we learn more about him and who he is and as we become more like him, now the temptations, when they come and they attack us, we recognize them as things trying to pull us away from him. And just like Peter walking on the Sea of Galilee, if we take our eyes off of him and we, we put it to the waves, if we put it to those things that are tempting us, that's when we get into trouble. You know, we, we're doing the scripture memorization focus and, and it, it is healthy and good for us. And we see in Jesus, uh, in Matthew chapter 4, when, uh, when Jesus was tempted, what did he do? He used scripture. Satan said, oh, you're so hungry. Why don't you turn these stones into bread? Eat. And Jesus had a ready response. And he, it, is said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of the Lord. The thing we got to recognize here is it's not enough just to quote Scripture. In fact, that's not really what Jesus was doing. Yes, he was quoting Scripture, but he was focusing on his Father. His desire, as hungry as he was, he had a greater desire than his hunger. He had a desire to live by the Word of God. That was what he was saying. He said, yeah, you can, you can tell me about my hunger and you can tell me how I can make more bread, but I've got a greater hunger in my life than that. And I think that is the, the true way that we escape temptation. It is, is when we have a greater hunger than that temptation. You know, when, when, when we're tempted to do something, it can become overpowering at times. It, it can become everything to us. But if we have a greater desire, it, it weakens that temptation. If we're, our, our desire is to serve God more than to serve our body, if our desire is to, to be honest to Him or to trust in Him or to, to do what makes Him happy, that can diminish that temptation. But it also turns our eyes and our focus on the Lord. And honestly, that's what Paul's doing in this chapter. When he, when he mentions uh, temptation in this way, it's in the context of fleeing Idolatry, the very next thing he says is, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Run! Don't allow yourself to nibble on it. Don't allow yourself to let it in. Even if, even if that little bit of nibbling isn't really truly idolatry, you're going to get yourself there soon. Instead, he focuses the Corinthians on love for one another and obedience to God and living within the fellowship of the body of Christ. If we do these things, now all of a sudden, that temptation to eat that meat, that's not the most important thing. 
that desire to, to have my freedom to eat meat, even if it has been sacrificed to idols. That's what he's saying to them. Change our, our focus from that which tempts us to the one who gives us the escape. God is faithful. If you're experiencing temptation today, not necessarily right this minute, but maybe even that, God is faithful. And, and to say that God is faithful doesn't mean, so it's, if you fall, fall to sin, it's, you know, you're just a horrible human being who didn't rely enough on God. No. Faithful means he'll still be here tomorrow. Faithful means he'll still be here Tuesday. Faithful means he'll still be here Wednesday. And he's walking with us and he is giving us the ability to escape, to endure, to live with the temptations in our lives, the temptations that come. But those temptations that come don't mean we have to sin because we are able to endure them. Because they are within our ability. If you fail today, know that God has an escape for you tomorrow. If you fail this minute, know that God has an escape for you the next minute. It's not a recipe to avoid temptation or to never sin again. As much as that would be nice, we're going we're gonna to fall short on that one. What it is, though, is a reminder that God is there with us that he is providing for us. And if you look back on your life, you can probably see temptations that once were a great problem to you. And now they're just like a little gnat. They don't really bother you at all. He has given you the way out. He has given you the ability to endure. He will continue to do that with whatever temptations you face today, with whatever temptations you face tomorrow. Through Jesus Christ's Son and through the power of the Holy Spirit, He will help you to endure. Let's go ahead and as we wrap up, let's try this verse one more time together, shall we? And then we'll close. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. You will be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You have given us the escape. That You, you permit us to experience temptation and trials. That it helps us to grow as believers. Even when we fail, uh, you're using that in our lives to help us to grow and to become faithful in the future. Lord, with the, the temptations that we face today, maybe there is somebody here who feels like they have got a temptation that is so great and so grave that no one else has ever experienced it quite the way they have. They'd probably be surprised to hear some of the stories that are in this room too. Lord, if we are in a place where we are faced with a temptation and we feel like there is no way out, that no one else would understand. I pray, Lord, that we would realize today you're not surprised and that you are willing to hear from us about that temptation. 
that it is your desire to give us the ability to endure it, to escape it, to overcome it. Father, we pray that we would have those in our lives that we could share, that we would trust them enough. These are difficult things. We pray, Lord, that we would trust someone enough that we could share with them that struggle with that temptation so that they might encourage us and help us to seek you. If nothing else, Lord, we have you to go to through prayer. And we pray, Father, for those that are struggling with the temptation that feels like it's overwhelming, it may drown them. Lord, may they bring it to you. We pray that you would help us to see and to to recognize how you have been faithful over the years, to know that you will be faithful in the future, that you are giving us the escape. Ultimately, it's through Jesus, through his death and resurrection, but also you guide us today in how we might endure. Help us to be strengthened, Father, through your Holy Spirit. We pray that it would not be something that we focus on our own ability, but that we would rely upon you so that you might make us able. We ask today, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.